Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Let's go to the UK now and chat to Chris Coles from the BBC. Thanks for your time, Chris. Good morning to you over there. Your time. We got you there, Chris. Might have to try again. Chris, have we got you? We can got you hear me? Yeah, we got yeah. you now. Loud and clear. Great, great. Uh, that's fantastic to hear. I suppose you wouldn't be feeling as great as a Liverpool supporter or indeed potentially an Arsenal supporter as well after Liverpool pulled off an upset over Man City. Did you see that coming? I suppose when you have two heavyweights together, it's not overly surprising altogether. No, it's not, but you're right. The reason it's seen as a big surprise simply because of Manchester City's form going into the game and Liverpool's form going into the game. These two have been the two juggernauts in the Premier League for the last, well, four or five years. There was a memorable season where Manchester City only won the Premier League title by eclipsing 100 points any other year. Liverpool would be would be champions. Liverpool then eventually did win the Premier League for the first time in a long time, a couple of years back. But it's been these two, the two big teams of the Premier League in recent times. It's why this year there's been great surprise around Liverpool's start to the season. They haven't been great. Lots of people pointing to reasons why. Maybe losing Sadio Mane to Bayern Munich. Maybe the new signings brought in to replace him haven't quite clicked. Mo Salah has his form maybe dipped. All is happening while Manchester City have looked good, but not brilliant because they're not top of the league. The big winner is really Arsenal, who now have that four-point advantage. They beat Leeds. Manchester City losing against Liverpool. It was a great game. The second half in particular really came to life. And Mo Salah, I think, reminding us all that he's going nowhere. He's been much maligned this season, but he was excellent yesterday. He got a good goal, lovely little turn to shrug off Xiao Cancelo. Lovely finish. He had everything you wanted from a, a game that's always a vociferous atmosphere. It was 100 miles an hour. There were good chances. There was... Some scenes we perhaps don't want to see on the touchline. Jurgen Klopp got himself sent off the yelling yeah. assistant referee. But um, but all in all, it was a game that I think just reminded us that Manchester City uh, do have their weaknesses. And if you're an Arsenal, dare I say it, Damien, if you're a Tottenham, if you're a Chelsea, <laughs> you're looking and thinking, OK, well, maybe this is the year that we can push Manchester City. That's right. And you mentioned before, Salah, he's probably almost become a bit of a forgotten name somewhat. You don't necessarily forget a name like Salah, but the fact that Erling Haaland has been absolutely instrumental and probably transcended the English Premier League season as a whole, Harry Kane continuing his good form as well, maybe he has flown under the radar a little bit. Do you get the sense, which is hard to say about a Liverpool player? Yeah, I think your first point is is absolutely right, Damien. I think when you have someone like Erling Haaland that has come and really blown us all away, which is which is testament to him because we knew how good he was. His numbers at Borussia Dortmund for someone so young are just absolutely phenomenal. So coming to a team like Manchester City who create chances for fun, maybe we shouldn't be surprised that he's scoring all of these goals, but it's the manner of, of which he scored those goals. He, he does it in such classy nonchalance. It, it, it doesn't seem like anything is too hard for him. He... he positions himself in the penalty area and just finishes and finishes and finishes. And because City creates so many chances, if you're a City fan, it's an absolute joy to watch. And you're looking at him thinking, well, where's the weakness in this Manchester City team? So I think because he's been so brilliant 
And because Arsenal have, have really hit the ground running too, and we're all talking about the likes of Gabriel Jesus, who's been excellent, about Gabriel Martinez and Bakayo Saka and Martin Odegaard. And because Liverpool have not been so good, yeah, I think we're all thinking, well, hang on a minute, where's Mo Salah? Look at his numbers. They're down on where they normally are. They're down on Erling Haaland, but I think anyone's numbers would be down on Erling Haaland. So I think it was a timely reminder. And as you say, the world-class players and elite world-class players like Salah undoubtedly is, yeah, they, 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 don't, they don't fly under the radar for long. And in a big game, when Liverpool needed him the most, he, he provided. And Liverpool will hope now this is absolutely the catch they need to, to put a run together, to, to climb up that table. Because even though they won last night, you know, they're still a mammoth 14 points behind Arsenal, albeit Liverpool have a game in hand. So it'll be a really interesting week. There are midweek fixtures ahead here in the UK. So I think we're, we're going to be in this really interesting position up until the World Cup when we stop. And Liverpool will certainly hope that once we stop the World Cup, they'll be, they'll be challenging once again at the top end of the table. And it'll be a test of fitness and durability as well. We've had the Queen's passing, which has affected the fixturing, the World Cup, as you mentioned. It's going to be just a constant suite of games, isn't it? There's no doubt about that. We're speaking with Chris Coles, direct from the UK, anonymous off the temper text machine. Go the Reds. We shall never walk alone. Feel free to keep those text messages coming. 0433981116. Just going back to the weekend, I want to talk to you about Ivan Tony. He scored Brentford's two goals in their win over Brighton. Mm. Unfortunately, he was sent racist messages on social media after the game. But going back to his performances, do you think he can establish himself in the England lineup for the World Cup? Because he has eight goals for the season, which is far from Harry Kane territory at the end of the day. This is a, yeah, a big debate going into the World Cup in England, no question. And and normally at, at this point with the World Cup, what are we... My, my timing was all over the shop because obviously we've never had a winter World Cup. So I'm, <laughs> I, I normally know sort of by heart when the World Cup begins. But what is it? We're in October, so it's a month, month and a bit away at start. The, 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 the confirmed squads will be, will be, yeah, around about a month away. And for England, there are a couple of issues to concern themselves with. Right back is an issue now with Reese James' injury. But up front, yeah, Ivan Tony is not only scoring goals, it's his penalty taking that I think a lot of people have, have, are taking notice of because he's never missed a penalty for Brentford, which is quite astonishing. His, his penalty record is, is unbelievably good. And... He scored another penalty in that 2-0 win over Brighton. He's got a very good style where he, he very slowly runs up to the ball. Yeah, it's quite vogue now where he waits for the goalkeeper to move and then just passes it into the back of the net. And he does it with such a plomb. It's great, it's great to watch. But his numbers, as you say, across 2022, so we're talking the, the calendar year, not just this season, but across the calendar year, he's scored only Kane and Son. Tottenham's Kane and Son have scored more Premier League goals than Ivan Tony. Kane's a shoe go with England, and we know the quality of, of Son. Uh, 21 for Kane, 18 for Son, and 15 for Tony. And he's doing this for a, bright, a Brentford side that aren't a household name in the Premier League. They're not winning every, every week. They're not scoring plenty of goals. He's got all the, the, the technicality and the attributes to be a very, very good player, I think, for England. Because he's a bit different to what England have. And often in a World Cup, players that are different can be valuable for you if you need a goal, if you need something, if, if, if Kane gets, you know, God forbid Kane gets injured for England, if maybe you need something a bit different, then Ivan Tony very much provides that. He is very physical, not that Kane isn't. He's very, very quick, Ivan Tony. He's got great movement about him and undoubtedly he can finish. So it's a big question for Gareth Southgate. Can Ivan Tony force his way into the England team? He was part of the England side 
for the game, the recent games they played in the international break, although he didn't actually get onto the pitch. And I just wonder whether that might mean his boat is missed. But only uh, Tony, all he can do, keep on scoring. Mm. And if he does so, then I just wonder whether Gareth Southgate might think, okay, bit of a wild card. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him in here because you know what have I got to lose. Well, you mentioned Harry Kane, Chris. He fired home a penalty to open Tottenham's account against Everton. They eventually defeated them 2-0. How do you rate the Spurs' chances realistically against the likes of Arsenal and Man City title-wise? Because they continue to rack up the points at home. Questionable, obviously, away from home still in my eyes as to whether they can be consistent. But given they missed out in 2016, which was probably their greatest chance in their window, can they realistically challenge Arsenal and Man City for the title going forward? Yeah, that 2016, That will. I think that still hurts, doesn't it? Leicester City yes, it title year. And yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, we won't mention it. We'll gloss over it and <laughs> won't mention it. Um, yeah, Damon, you're right. It, it's, it, it, it's really interesting with Spurs because they. You, you look at their position in the table and you think, well, absolutely, they're level on points with, with Manchester City. They're four behind Arsenal. And they seem to be doing it without playing to their full capability, it always seems, with Spurs. And the times I've seen in this season, and I, I watched all the game against Everton, they were in control. There's no question they were in control. But they, they weren't what you'd call absolutely comfortable 2-0 winners against Everton. Everton had their chances. They came with a game plan to frustrate Spurs, to, to sit behind the ball. And Everton would hit, hit them on the counter-attack. They had a couple of really good opportunities that had Damari Gray been slightly more accurate. I think Anana had a, a decent chance. There were opportunities for Everton, but Tottenham win the game 2-0. They, they get the penalty and, and Kane on penalties. I know, listen, we talk about Tony on penalties. Kane is is, is almost a dead third every time. I know he missed one recently, but he, he's very, very good. And then, and then Pierre-Emerick Hoiberg wraps it up late on. And you're thinking, OK, that's quite comfortable. So you either think that it's a good thing for Spurs, that the fact they're third in the table and you feel there's more potential there. You feel that there's more for Antonio Conte's side to give. Um, Richarlison injured at the moment, and, and that's a concern because he's clearly a big player. Uh, Kulisevsky's been out for the last couple of weeks. He's been excellent, the signing from Juventus. Bentan Kuri midfield has provided some excellent solidity. Uh, Perisic is, is, is still a very, very good player. Maybe he doesn't have the numbers we all thought, but still is excellent in a five at the back, which, which Antonio Conte likes to play. And also he's pointed at some of his players that are performing brilliantly at the moment that maybe don't get the recognition. Eric Dyer, in particular, at the back, and his performances have earned him a place back in the England side, so he looks like he could be going to the World Cup. So you, you, look, at, you look at the Spurs team and think there's no reason why they can't at least push on from their, their fourth-place finish last season, their Champions League qualifying, qualifying winning position last season. Can they challenge for the top? I think you'd still put them behind the likes of Manchester City, dare I say even Liverpool, if they, if they can turn their form around. Arsenal, the unknown. It'll be really interesting to see if they can keep it going. Your your hunch from history tells you that no, there's a point where every team, including Manchester City, just wobble a little bit. And when Arsenal's wobble come, if Tottenham can still be there or thereabouts, the gap is is four points at the moment, which is easily which is easily chased when the games are so are so quick. I know Spurs will probably rue that that North London derby defeat when Arsenal won three one. But I think there's no reason why they can't at least put pressure on. And, and finally on Tottenham, I think to give them hope is that it, it, it's Arsenal they're chasing. If it was Manchester City that were four points clear, if it was Liverpool of last year that were four points clear, maybe you think, OK, maybe it's tough. But if they can look and see, well, there's a rival there that has been with us pretty much week in, year in, year out. We beat them last season in the league. There's no reason why we can't go and catch them. So fascinating to see how Spurs go 
this side of the World Cup and then how they react after the World Cup. Talking all things English Premier League here with Chris Coles, direct from the UK. If you want to text him via the temper text machine, 0433981116. What a difference a week makes with Man U because Cristiano Ronaldo didn't quite reach the heights of the record-breaking goal-scoring. Man United, of course, with a dispirited nil-all draw against Newcastle and Cristiano Ronaldo received a yellow card as well and he was substituted in the 71st minute. So it was probably a day to forget for him and his team. Mm, yeah, and it looked, I think, told you everything when he got replaced. And listen, it, 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 it's Cristiano Ronaldo. We know the numbers. We know the the gravitas. We know his class and his numbers and all the rest of it. But it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel quite right at the moment with Ronaldo and Manchester United. We know the history. He was He was fantastic for them in his first spell then went on with all the numbers with Real Madrid and Juventus. And his, his return was greeted with fanfare. This was to be a, a glorious renaissance for Ronaldo. He, he can fire Manchester United to, to where they, they want to be, which is towards the top end of the table after a couple of miserable years. His numbers his first year were, were very good. He was United's top scorer, despite Manchester United not the season they wanted. This season, under Eric Ten Hag, he had injuries at the start of the season, but now he's back. Yeah, it just doesn't still quite right and I think Ronaldo's look really and not just for the first not for the first time this season either <laughs> when he's not started games or when he's come off he's been replaced he just it just doesn't look quite right and that's that's a problem for Manchester United it's a problem for Eric Ten Hag because we know Ronaldo's quality and yes he might be anonymous for 65 minutes but then he could score you three goals in five minutes and win you the game quite easily but we also know that Ten Hag likes this very aggressive very pressing style and that's just not Cristiano Ronaldo. That's just not the way he played. And when Ronaldo doesn't score, you often look and think, mm, okay, in the great Messi-Ronaldo debate, it's always Messi's assist, I think, that in some people's eyes takes him above Ronaldo. The goal tally is very similar, but Messi's assist is unbelievably good. Ronaldo's nowhere near. And you just wonder, when it comes to a, a, an 11 aside game, when you're Eric Ten Hag and you need 11 players that are all pushing in the same direction, is Cristiano Ronaldo that person that you really want when you want your entire team to be working hard and pressing? So it's interesting. And when Ronaldo's goals don't come, then I can absolutely see why if you're 10 hard, you think, OK, let, let's try something different. When you don't win the game, when you draw nil-nil, again, let's, let's have it straight, a good Newcastle side. This is a Newcastle side with, with fresh investment, with an Eddie Howe in charge, a manager who is, is winning lots of plaudits in the game for the way he's managing this Newcastle side. I think we're all interested to see how they push on, not just this season, but in future seasons when perhaps the money keeps coming. And for Manchester United, yeah, again, a bit a bit like Spurs, really. You look at their results and think, well, OK, they're doing all right. All right, they, they scraped past the Super League champions, Nicosia, in the Europa League. They beat Everton 2-1. Uh, they got a late winner against Nicosia again in the return fixture in the Europa League. They won that game. They're winning games without being the Manchester United of old. And then you throw in the, the 6-3 defeat to City a few weeks ago, and that really does stand out. They lost 4-0 to Brentford very early on. And yet you feel that all is not quite right on Old Trafford. What needs to happen for it to be solved is a big debate. Is it Ronaldo leaving the club, which we all thought he would do in the summer? Is it more money thrown at it in January? Who knows? But yeah, it, it, it's, it's not quite there. And I tell you what, and I'm sure you've already circled it in the diary, Damien, um, but an interesting game coming up Wednesday night, our time, which will what be Thursday morning, your time, Manchester yeah. United, Tottenham Hotspur, Old Trafford. Uh, that'll be really interesting. I'll definitely be watching. Just as I let you go, Chris, just to change tact, 
Is the Rugby League World Cup getting a lot of coverage over there in the UK? Obviously, England hosting the event. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is getting plenty of plenty of coverage here. The first uh, first game to bring me absolutely absolutely tore through Samoa at St James's Park uh, on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's getting plenty of plenty of love here. Any any major event is is always well covered in this country. The only thing I would say is that it, it, it is up against quite a few other big events. The T20 World Cup in particular um, is is one that, that, that it is obviously getting big coverage here in this country. Um, and then also. So the women's rugby league world, rugby union world cup, which is yeah. which is happening down your neck of the woods as well. So there's quite a few events to take to take uh, to take in. But yeah, absolutely, there, there is plenty of interest on in what England can do in the rugby league world cup. I think they are very much favourites. Obviously, we know that there are some there are some big sides that are that are very much here to play as well. But um, but yeah, any event that's on home soil is, is clearly going to, to pique a lot of people's interest. Well, you got thirteen thousand in the Australia v Fiji game. Given it was a neutral game, that was a pretty good attendance, I thought. Uh, Chris, really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure as always, Damien, and speak again soon. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why Tire Power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call thirteen twenty one ninety one.